0: His Vision 2023. And when I was in Italy and as I returned from Europe, even in Ventura, uh, I've had a vision that's gone through my mind over and over again. And the vision I saw was a rugged, massive, medieval castle. And I knew that castle represented the very kingdom of God. And God's kingdom is the everlasting kingdom, meaning it never had a beginning, it will never have an end. The devil, the enemy, has a kingdom. His kingdom had a beginning, and his kingdom will have an end. And and, and get this, and even the great kingdoms of the world one day will come to an end and be transferred, and I love the handles Messiah, which he got from Revelation, that the kingdoms of this world are becoming the kingdoms of our Lord and our God and his Christ, and we will reign forever and ever. So, we believe in the kingdom of God. I also saw three flags, and the flags were not limp, or is it because there was no wind? There was a gentle breeze where these flags were flowing. They weren't being batter where when the hurricane winds almost came off the Pacific Ocean when we had all the rain, but they were just flowing and I knew the wind represented the person, the presence, and the very power of the Holy Spirit. I believe we're in a new Jesus revolution in the state of California, and I'm no longer praying for the move of the Holy Spirit. I believe He's already beginning to move. I am asking God that myself and you, that we together as a church, that we would begin to be aware and recognize and create space in our minds our lives i want my head space my heart space my schedule to have space for the holy spirit where i'm saying good morning holy spirit um, good afternoon holy spirit Buenas noches spiritus santos got some spanish people up in here. And can I say, I want more of the Holy Spirit. And the three flags that we saw were salvation, discipleship, and the sacraments. Now, I want to begin to say this, and we're talking on the sacraments. And actually, that that was my favorite thing that I saw. And it was on that flag that God began to download on my mind and heart the most. He says, I am going to pour out my spirit in an unprecedented way through the sacraments. He said, I am going to begin to heal, restore and save my people through my sacraments. And for me, this is my humble opinion. I believe the greatest thought in all scripture I believe the greatest doctrine is the incarnation of Jesus Christ. In in John chapter 1, verse 1, it says this, and I'll quote it for you. It says, In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. Verse 14 says, and the word uh, became flesh. That means the word God. Took on humanity, the Word became flesh, and we beheld His glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so I really do believe that that is the most powerful thought, that our belief, our God, there's no other belief system where God would humble himself, come down, take on humanity. And why did he do that? Because salvation isn't just forgiveness. We get divinized or elevated where we now, we are a new creation. We are a new creation race of people because we're not just human. We have divinity within us. And that's, how we rule and reign in this life amen and I want you to write this down if you are taking notes online or here and now the incarnation I want you to get this that is the person of Jesus Christ I believe is stretched out in space and time how through the sacraments now get this how is Christ living life stretched out through space and time through the sacraments That are ministered to, how, or who, through the church, experienced by believers, and lived out in the world. Now I'm going to say that again. How is Christ, the incarnate one, lived out in this world? Through the sacraments. The sacraments ministered to by the church. And that's why after the message today, we are going to minister one of the greatest sacraments, and that is baptism. So the sacraments are ministered to not by business, not by entertainment, not by medicine, not by education, but by the church. That is us. And it is experienced by believers today. Believers are going to get in this tank and they're going to begin to tell their story. They're going to go under the waters of baptism and they're going to experience literally new life in Jesus Christ where they could live a new and a higher and a different way. Can you say amen? But I want you to get this. So they're ministered through the church, experienced by believers, but please get this. They're lived out in the world. And I'm wondering, because a lot of times believers are no different in their lifestyle than those who do not believe. Could it be we have not embraced the sacraments and we have not administered to them consistently because they're experienced by us, but they are also lived out in the world. Can you say Amen. Now, through the sacraments of the church, Christ is present, imparting healing. Right? this today. You're going to be healed, nourishment, and anointing. The ancient church fathers put the sacraments, seven sacraments, into three categories. I'm going to give you those three categories. The first one was presence, because we are not just a book-driven people. We are a presence-driven people. And so I've heard people, and I've even said this myself, I'm a man of the book. Well, actually, I'm a man of the Word, and the Word of God is living, it's active, it's powerful. But I'm also a man of the Spirit, I'm a man of the presence. So I want the presence of God in my life. So the first category is presence. And in that category, the three sacraments are baptism, the Eucharist or the Lord's table, Holy Communion, and confirmation. All right, that's the first category. Presence. It's baptism, communion, and confirmation. The second category, and just think of a chart. First category here is presence. So you have baptism, Eucharist, Lord's table, communion, confirmation. The second category is healing. And today, some of you are going to be healed to the core of your being. I am going to get in your head space, and you're going to see Jesus come, and he's going to mesh your humanity with his divinity. <laughs> this the The second one is healing in that. The two are this, reconciliation, which Catholics call confession. And a lot of Protestants, especially if you're a Baptist, I'm not telling anyone my sins. I confess to Jesus. Well, I do too. But can I tell you, even Celebrate Recovery realizes we all need a sponsor. We all need someone to help hold us accountable. And let me just set the record straight. We are all sinners oh my gosh someone went I don't think I am no you are okay let's take a poll how many of you after you accepted Christ you've never sinned oh I saw one hand Ah, you just did you lied no (laughs) And so we'll get to that in a moment. So healing comes through not only reconciliation or confession, but the next one is the anointing of oil. And we will begin to do that more. And uh, when we pray and anoint someone, we're not replacing medicine. We believe in doctors. Jesus endorsed medicine. He said, if you're sick, go to a physician. But how many of you know prayer with medicine will bring a healing into our lives? And then the third category is evangelization. And those two sacraments are holy orders and holy matrimony. Holy orders and holy matrimony. Now, let's begin to go. Now, after Easter, I'm going to do a complete series on the sacraments. So today, I can't go through all seven, but I am going to highlight one sacrament from each category. So we're going to do presence, baptism, healing, confession then evangelization I want to do holy orders and that's how we're going to go forward and again the goal of the sacraments hear me this is so amazing when we participate this happened to me it happened to Becky we were baptized on the same day in a lake in Louisiana and I'm telling you that day I am not saved because I was baptized I was baptized because I was saved And and I'm not joking. When I went under that water, I came up, and there was a meshing. Jude Fuquay, humanity. And can I say my humanity is a lot of great things, but I also have a lower nature, and so do you. And those things are not that good. And those are the things that I need to reckon dead, that I can live in a new life. And my humanity was meshed with the divinity of Jesus Christ in baptism. So I want you to write this down. And again, it is. Baptism is a gateway into the life of the Spirit. I really do believe that. Our baptism today, when someone gets wet, now let me just say this. If you are a sinner and you get wet, you're going to go under the water a sinner. You're going to come up a wet sinner. (laughs) We go under, we take the plunge in Greek, baptism means to plunge, to fully immerse. Actually the Greek word would be like if you had a white cloth and you dipped it in red dye and that cloth takes on the property of that which it's dipped into. Another way I use it, my grandmother used to make pickles. And I said, Grandma, where's the pickle tree? I was about four or five years old. She said, Baby, there's no pickle trees, but go give me some cucumbers out of my garden. We washed them She cut them. She put them in vinegar and spices. And about four, six weeks later, pickles were made. Can I tell you, I was a cucumber, but I've been baptized into the juice of Jesus Christ. And this cucumber has been meshed with something from heaven. My life is no longer just me. It is now Jesus Christ in me the hope of glory. Can you say amen? Now I want you to get this. It it also, baptism shows, please get this, that we become a child of God. When Becky birthed our our boys, all of them, they literally, the, the water broke. That was a major sign that the baby was being born. When they go under the water, it is a sign. We're no longer just God's children by creation, and that's powerful. However, we are now children of God by redemption. And that is even more powerful because our humanity is meshed with his divinity. Can you say amen? It's through baptism that we become enlightened. And I believe baptism is the most beautiful and magnificent of all the sacraments. For me, it changed my life forever. Go to Romans chapter 6. And I want to read this. By the way, if you have not been baptized, be baptized today. And you say, well, I didn't have a change of clothes. I think we may have some extra clothes. They went to Value Village or the thrift store and they washed them. And, and so they're not going to have the smell of the dinosaurs on them. Nothing is stopping you from meshing your humanity with his divinity through this sacrament. Today is the day of your baptism. So let's read Romans chapter 6, verse 1, and here it goes. When shall we say then, shall we continue in sin that the grace of God may abound? Now, in Romans 6, circle the word sin is not Sins like actions, but it is sin, it's a noun. And people said, I became a sinner, a noun, when I sinned. No. You sinned activity because you were born a sinner. You have to be born again so he says what shall we say then shall we continue in sin that grace may abound certainly not one version says god forbid may it never be how shall we who died to sin live any longer in it by the way wakey wakey sin is not dead we died to sin sin didn't die to us that's why we have to put off the old man Okay, let's go to verse 3, and it says this, Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into what? Into his death. Why? Get this verse 4. Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death. Why? That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father even so we also should walk in the newness of life. I memorized those four verses. You should consider putting that in your memory that when the enemy comes and says your baptism was phony not real. It was like one from the infomercial uh, that promised a lot delivered little no 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 I died with him I was buried with him and I've been raised with him to live in a totally different way can you say amen and we really do believe that now let me just begin to say this Who should be baptized? When should they be baptized? Why should they be baptized? Let's do the why first. Number one, why? Because Jesus commanded it. Now, this isn't an option. If you want a Tesla or you want just a high-powered Ford truck that runs on diesel, that's your choice. It's an option. However, to follow Christ and to have your humanity meshed with his divinity, you have to obey him because he commanded that we all, all be baptized. Matthew 28 says, go therefore and make disciples baptizing them. So one of the church's chiefs duty is not only do we lead people to Christ, but we baptize them into his body. Can you say amen? Now, let me just say this. Catholics baptize babies, and they took that from the Jewish custom that Jewish boys were circumcised on the eighth day. And that circumcision And represented their faith in the God of Abraham. And Catholics carried that over because Paul says New Testament form of circumcision is baptism. I want to say I was baptized as a baby. And this is just me personally. I, I don't remember it. And I do have my godfather, my parent, that's French, and my godmother, who was sponsors at my infant baptism. She was my nanny. It was my brother's brother and his sister were my godparents that they were going to remind me of my baptism. Well, they didn't. And my parents weren't good Catholics. They didn't even go to mass hardly. So can I say when I found Jesus, correction, he wasn't lost. I was. He found me. I wanted to follow him in baptism. Now, I've got to bring something. I believe that we have to look at all the scripture and embrace, you know, I believe the word of God, but all of it. When should we be baptized? Well, Jesus told us when. Peter, the first pope. Told us when. And Paul, the architect of the church, told us when. And this is what Jesus, Peter, and Paul said repent and believe and be baptized. Jesus said it in the Gospels. Repent, write that down, believe and be baptized. Let me just say it again. Jesus said this, repent, believe, then you should be baptized. Well, what is repentance? It's a change of mind. It's a change of heart. It is a change of direction. I was going this way, but I saw the goodness of the Lord. His mercy made me turn around and you're saying ah you sin you may go to hell no i ain't going to hell i won't fit in hell and that is no longer my direction and a righteous man may fall and trip seven times behold but god will lift him up i'm running towards jesus But more than anything, repent means a change of position. I was driving my life. When I repented, I said, "Lord, hear the car keys. I call shotgun. That's when we should be baptized. We repent it, and we believe. let me just say something. I'm wondering about a lot of Zens and millennials that are deconstructing their faith is because they never fully repent If you don't fully repent, you can't completely believe. Therefore, your baptism will be just a symbol. And I want to say something. This is not a symbol. They're not a sign. They're a sacred divine channel where humanity is meshed with divinity. And it gives us the power to live strong in this world. Come on. Can you say amen? So Paul said the same thing, repent and believe. What did Peter say on the day of Pentecost? He said, repent, believe, and be baptized. So for me, and let me just say, some people, Protestants, Baptists, they'll come, well, Catholics baptize babies. Well, I don't know. The Baptists are similar. They accept Jesus at three, get baptized at four. At five, they're forever saved. By the time they're seven, they live like hell. What kind of baptism is that? That's why I never, like my kids, Jude, his friend would go, Jew, there were only three. You need to accept Jesus. You would go, nope. He'd go, you go to hell, John. you go, Yep. And it wasn't until we're at Disney. He was six years old, and he saw the Phantasmic on the lake by the Pirates of the Caribbean. And he saw that big dragon come in fire. He gets on the monorail. We're going to the Disney Hotel. He goes, Daddy. He said, Is there a devil? I go, mm-hmm, He's big. Is there hell? I go, Just like that fire. The next day, he started crying so bad, tears were hitting the comforter of the hotel bed. And Becky's going, What happened to my baby? I go, I knew what happened. He had so much conviction. He goes, I'm a sinner. Can I tell you? Your baby doesn't know that. And a three-year-old Baptist doesn't know that. I'd rather be six, eight, or nine and be convicted that you were born a sinner. And this water is a gateway to becoming a child of God. And us being a child of God in creation isn't good enough. Because Jesus said in John 8 to the Pharisees, no, your father isn't God. It's the devil. Can I say without being regenerated, we may be made in the similitude of God. God, but we will live in the reality of Satan. I want this sacrament in our church. Amen. And I believe that. Okay, the next one is healing. Write this down. Healing. And healing is they call reconciliation, which is confession. And I want you to write this down. The reality is we all sin. Oh, that went over really well. There's a wave of revival going throughout California. (laughs) Healing, reconciliation, confession. You know where my failure is? When I fail the most. I fail. It's when I sin. One time a Christian leader told me, he said, yes, but your sin humbles you. I looked right at him and said, no, it does not. It humiliates me. God's grace humbles me. In 1980, I went to Catholic school my whole life. Then I go to a Pentecostal university or Roberts University. Go figure. But when Jesus became real to me, I remember one of the things I said. And I challenged my family. Why do you go to a priest and confess? And I use 1 John 1, 9. Confess your sins to him. He is faithful. He is just. He will cleanse you and forgive you of all unrighteousness. I said, I don't need to go to a priest. I go to Jesus. Can I tell you? If sin is where I fail, then where do I get victory? It's in Confession. It's in confession. It's in confession. I want go to the Bible. Get your Bible. Get the scriptures. Everyone say, I am a person of the living word. I believe God. And if God said it, and I believe it, that settles it. So, okay, let's look at this. I want you to look at James chapter 5. And we're going to begin to look at verse 16. Here we go confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another. Why? Why? Confess your sins, your trespasses, pray for one another. Why? That you may be healed. Now get this. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man, woman, person really avails much. One version says this, makes tremendous power available. What is that power? It's when we go to confession, my humanity is being meshed with his divinity. Let me just begin to explain to you. I think we need confession. If you go to an AA program, NA Celebrate Recovery, The first step is that you have to recognize that you're powerless and there is a higher power. One of the other steps in this, you have to have a sponsor. And that if you trip up, mess up, fail, that you go and you tell your sponsor. I would say many believing people today, they love God, they come to church, they lift their hands, they give, they they are in a group. But they never confess. They confess to the Lord a lot. But they beat themselves up. And they live in a cycle of guilt and shame and secrecy. And they say we're only as sick as our secrets. And and, and I believe what begins to happen, watch me, how to have a good confession. How can you have a good confession? Let me tell you my first experience with confession. You'll know why when I got born again, I never wanted to go and confess again. When you make your first confession as a Catholic, you do it before you make your first communion. And so the day that I'm making my first communion, I had a white shirt, black pants, black shoes, black belt, and a little black tie. And I went that day. I cursed someone out. I was in first grade. I cursed them out. More than a dog. And mama heard it. Mama hadn't even been in confession in 50 years. But my God, I was going to confession. And you know what she said? She said, now, Jude, when you go in that box, you better tell the priest all those words you said. I was scared, mama. You go into, it looked like a closet you go in. I was little. I was petrified. (laughs) Opens the door. My son, when's the last time you sinned? I haven't sinned. He goes, my son, you have sinned. (laughs) I started crying and I started, I just heard someone out. And I told him every word I said. (laughs) I walked out. All of Holy Cross Church was laughing. I sat down by mama getting ready to go receive First Communion. I go, what are they laughing at? She goes, you and your big mouth. I told you to confess it, but not scream it. And I thought, I'll never go to confession again. But I have a need to confess. Now, I'm going to tell you, as Becky and I became empty nesters, we, we would disagree and Fight like two Louisiana cats. <laughs> but as we became empty nesters, it became a cycle that wasn't breaking. It seemed like we were arguing more than we were getting along. And I could not break that cycle. I went to our elders Michael, Phil, Steve, Mike Rover, and said, I even would tell Rick Green, you need to pray for me. Becky and I aren't getting along. And Phil would ask, how's your purity? Rick would say, how are you and Becky? And one night, you know, you're in your house together, and the kids aren't there. If you have kids and you're putting all your energy into your children, you're making a big mistake. Jude and Becky need to ship them off to a babysitter and go have date nights. the Lord said you need to call Benny Perez now watch you're gonna write this down I only have two minutes and I have another sacrament but I'll make this quick (laughs) write what I'm saying down confess up counsel down I'm gonna say it again we should confess up meaning they have authority in our life we should counsel down we do the opposite People love counseling up, Pastor, the music's too loud. What kind of outfit is that? Now, what are you doing with your hair? I'm like, at least I have hair. Be quiet. (laughs) The things people counsel me on. I should have a shirt. Don't give me your advice unless I ask you. Most definitely don't give me your opinion. One of the worst nightmares of COVID was all the emails of the different opinions. Anyway, that's another message. Uh, I think I need to be baptized today. Don't release this. Confess up, counsel down. You should be counseling your friends in your group but confessing whoever your leader is. So I knew I had to do it. I I was right here on Hill Road, dialed, you know how your phone's hooked up to your car, and I prayed, said, Lord, don't let Pastor Benny answer. God did not answer that prayer. Thank you very much. On the second ring, Pastor Benny goes, hello, my favorite Pastor Jude, how are you? And I started bawling. I go, not good. And this time, I just let it all out. If you want a good confession, you have to counsel up. But the reason, especially men, we use partial transparency. And it keeps us in the cul-de-sac. Only vulnerable transparency breaks a wicked cycle. (laughs) He asked me questions. And I tell you, it began to break it. And now, after Italy, I thought, I will keep this sacrament active in my life. I think we all regularly need to have a good confession. Where we're not just partial transparent, but we're vulnerable. And for me, I'm not going to tell the whole world my weakness. But there is Benny. There is Dave. I do have elders. I want to live in freedom. And if sin is bondage, then confession is where I gain my victory. And why did James say the fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much? But what he was he talking about? Confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another. Why? That you would be healed. Can you say amen? okay the band's going to come up this is the next one and we could do this really really quick the next one is evangelization and in that is holy orders and holy matrimony i don't know when you think of evangelizing the world california uh for me evangelization after i got born again and really was in a charismatic baptist church uh you had to witness every friday was witness night and and can i say for the first four years of my walk with christ we went street witnessing every friday and saturday where we called them tracks and usually the booklet said do you know where you're going and i was petrified to do this believe it or not it's like uh here oh, okay bye and and so and i don't know how effectual that really was i remember even being on a street corner and they said you've got to preach are you ashamed of him before men Then he'll be ashamed of you before his angels in heaven. It's like, "Uh, guys, uh, oh God, I feel embarrassed doing this. But I've done it. I've done it. I don't know if that's the most effective way. I think if we have a holy matrimony that our marriages are different than the marriages of those who do not have Christ, church, spirit, word, sacraments, come on. Our marriages should be different. That should tell a beautiful story. Then the next one I wanna talk about, holy orders. For the Catholics, that's men who are called to be priests and women who are called to be nuns. And I honor them. I don't talk about this much, but when I was in first grade in Sister Loretta's class, an Irish nun, we had religion class and in that moment, I went home that day. I told mama, I said, I think I may be a priest one day. She said, oh, Jude, you'll have to be poor and not get married. Now stop that. But Jude would become a priest. And it was God all along. Pope John Paul II said this in his book, Gift and Mystery. Without a priest or a pastor or a Christian leader or a man or a woman who's obeying God's call on their life. There's no presence. There's no spirit. There's no word. There is no sacrament. But without the presence, without the word, the spirit, and the sacraments, there is no leader. There is no priest. For me, I want to read some scriptures. One is Genesis 14. 18 and 20 the first office actually in the bible the torah mentioned was not prophet not king it was priest and King Genesis says this Then Melchizedek, the king of Salem, brought out bread and wine that's communion. He was the priest of God Most High, and he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abraham gave him a tent. He was so meshed, his humanity with divinity in this moment. That he opened up his finances in his heart to God. Go to this next one, 2 Timothy 1 9. 2 Timothy 1 9, I've memorized this. I have saved you. And called you or us with a holy calling. Not according to your own works. But according to his own purpose. Come on. Which was given to us in Christ Jesus. Before time began. Every one of us. I think we need not just think of a priest or a nun. For me. Holy orders is for every believer. That we all have a ministry. I raised my kids. My sons as kings. I didn't think. Any of them would be in the ministry. I thought maybe one. But I knew I was teaching them how to be successful. But you could ask Becky. Very intentionally, I also raised them as priests. And and priests, knowing, meaning, you are going to serve your generation. You will serve the, this is what it says in Acts. David served the purpose of God in his generation Then he died. I want to serve God's purpose for my day and my hour. Are you with me? Go to one more. Go to Colossians chapter 4 verse 17. And say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord. Why? That you may fulfill it. And so what I want to say is this. I believe that all of us have a ministry. Mike Rovner and Janet Rovner are pastors of our marketplace. He's a non-staff pastor. Years ago, when he started following the Lord, the church he was attending, he only has gone to two churches. One where he was born again, and this one, he, he almost gave up his business to go on staff full-time. And God didn't release him. God put it on his heart. Mike, this is what I called you to. In Mike Rovner's business, over a 25-year to 30-year period, he has seen over 1,000 people accept Jesus Christ. And I want to ask you a question. Why are you breathing? Why are you breathing? I want one of my favorite Catholics... Who's living today? And in my humble opinion, she 100% has followed holy orders for her life. And her name is Amy Coney Barrett. And she is a Supreme Court Justice. She was speaking at Notre Dame's Law School graduation. This is what she said Your legal career is but a means to an end. And that end is building the kingdom of God. Now remember what I saw, a castle with flags in the beauty of the Holy Spirit. If you can keep in mind that your fundamental purpose in life is not to be a lawyer, or a doctor, or a salesperson, I want to go further, or even a pastor but your fundamental purpose in life is to know God, to love God, and to serve God, then you truly will be a different kind of lawyer. How can California be evangelized? That we all accept our holy order. And that I believe as a dad, a father, a business person, no matter your path, your path will cause people to think about the goodness of God. I want to ask you, why are you breathing? What is your purpose? It's to know God, then you know why you're born. They say two great days of a person's life: the day they were born and the day they could discover why they were born. I was born to love God, to serve God. but you know what? I'm a pastor. And I think some of the commotion today with well-known pastors, I think they think they're celebrities and they are forgotten. No, you're just a pastor. And I stand before you. I'm glad I'm a pastor. It's changing my life. Now, I want to say one other thing. Can you, are you with me? Can we do one more? Okay, stand with me. Glad you better come take this. I'm a prayer member because you're going to worship. The worship team's coming up. Years ago in 1989, my Jude was just born. So this is over 33 years ago. We were in a youth conference in Kansas City. It was called Destiny 89. And they had a song in the 80s. You'd remember it, Rick. I have a destiny. I know I can fulfill. Dear God, we sang that for five years straight. And so... We're at this conference. We, but I still know how many young people we brought. 96 young people. It was our first event as youth pastor. Said, guys, we're going to go and share our faith today in the plaza of Kansas City. And, it said, and they go, we don't know how to share Christ. I go, I know I'm going to help you. I said, I want you to stop people. First of all, we're going to pray. God's going to lead you and ask them one question. Do you know why you're breathing? I still know her name, Sarah Young. She was in eighth grade. She's probably about this tall. She wasn't even as tall as my Becky. And she's across the street, and there's a huge guy. You could tell he's an NFL football player. He's a giant. He's a Nephilim, my goodness. <laughs> a demigod. And she's like this. And I read her lips. She goes, His face went like this. I ran across the street. He was a football player for the Kansas City Chiefs. He was playing today. And after a game, his heart went into... I don't even know. Not good. What's rhythms, you know? So he was hospitalized. And in his hospital bed, the day before... His football career passed before his eyes, and he said, God, why am I breathing? If I don't do football, then why am I breathing? And God used a middle school little girl to stop a man in his track, and I ran across the street. I grabbed his hand. He began to weep, and I led him to Jesus Christ. Can I tell you, you have a destiny. Amen? We'll pick this up after Easter. All right, put your hands like this. We're going to continue. Father, right now, we come and we worship you. And God, through the sacraments, my humanity, our humanity is being meshed. Come on, feel that meshing. Meshed with your divinity where the two become one. And Lord, we thank you now for baptism and those who will be baptized. I pray in the days ahead, God, the City Church, California, will see hundreds to thousands thousands of people baptized. God, that we will begin to live out in the world this thing called confession. Lord, I want to have times of a good confession to live a free, overcoming life. And Lord, impress upon us why you've made us, why we're here in the mighty name of Jesus. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.